Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, we finally did it. We completed an NFL season, 256 NFL games, and some pretty good ones, especially over this weekend. And guess what? Nobody died. All those people who wanted to cancel the season, they were wrong. We were right. It was fun. And uh, we're just getting warmed up. Playoffs still to come. A pretty good playoff field. We'll get to all that. And uh, Donald Trump made a phone call. And you know what? It wasn't a crime. It wasn't a scandal. It was Donald Trump rambling and repetitive and somewhat incoherent. But we'll, we'll give you some of the highlights on that. And we'll say a little prayer. And at the end, you know what we'll do? We'll say amen and a women. Perhaps the single dumbest thing we've seen from our uh, PC culture. We'll tell you all about that on today's Callahan podcast brought to you by DCU. Do you love your car but hate your car payment? No problem. Refinance your car today with DCU and they can help lower your monthly payments, lower your interest rate, or both. Applying is easy and their loan experts will help you find the loan term and the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance. Insured by NCUA membership required. All right, Colin. Let's do this. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. It's been a while since I've uh, seen you, Turtle Boy, and Colin, for that matter. It's been like, uh, well, I know it was before Christmas. Or Here's how I like to look at it. I haven't seen you, Turtle Boy, since, uh, let's see, if there were since six or seven jet, jumbo jets fell out of the sky. That's how I judge it since uh, uh, the last time I've seen you. Um, that's how it works. I, I watched... Chuck Todd with Dr. Fauci. Believe it or not, he was on live TV yesterday, Dr. Fauci. Oh, really? Yep, they twisted his arm. He's pretty shy, no Chuck Todd said, said since the last time he seen Fauci, like, you know, 50,000 people have died from uh, with coronavirus. And he said, that's about eight jumbo jets falling out of the sky. <laughs> so, oh, the reference? Okay. And it's an average of 2,300 a day in those 36 days since you've been on last which is the equivalent of six to eight jumbo jets falling out of the sky on a daily basis. That's the that's how it works now. So I, been, I, I, be with you, I, I literally thought I missed a plane crash, and I'm like... I <laughs> no, oh, no. It's much, okay. much, much worse. It's much okay. worse. Uh, Trump has killed uh, like 50,000 people since last I've seen you, uh, and I don't see anything anything hysterical about that at all, uh, but... Uh, that's the way it works. I, you know what? We were wrong about one thing. I was definitely wrong about one thing is we thought these uh, hysterical lunatics, uh, the the panic porn would subside after the election. And it didn't. I mean, they're, they're as uh, crazy as ever. Where You know, if you if you don't wear a mask, you're killing grandma. And they're they're counting every day. They have the count on NBC and. And CNN that, uh, you know, we're up over uh, whatever it is, 300,000 now who've died with the coronavirus. They're not letting up at all. So I guess we sh- we had the wrong date. It yeah. was January 20th or, you know, like February or March when they say, wow, the, all the, the new Biden policy where you're, uh, you know, he, he, he demands you wear a mask and whatever else he does is working it is it is killing the virus he's saving us i think you're setting yourself up for disappointment if you think january 20th jerry i don't i think this the i think you're underestimating how much they're enjoying power imagine having unlimited power because that's what they have right and why the hell would you ever give that back if you weren't forced to you, you you're absolutely right it's gonna get scared it is scary it is it is already scary to think that and and i say this all the time the number of people the percentage of people who are okay with it who just say 
whatever you say that everyone's turned into Cullinane. We, and, and Cullinane is actually not as bad as he used to be at, at first. He was last, you know, last spring saying, whatever, tell me to, what to do. Just tell me to stay home. Tell me to wear my, tell me, tell me, you know, it's not about me, but you know, it's not about me. Like I'm just reacting to, so like my parents are freaked out, you know, like crazy. So I'm just, I'm just doing what I can to appease them, to be honest with you. I, I have a new standard. I have a new standard. We already know that the likes of Chris Christie and Rudy Giuliani and Harvey Weinstein and Donald J. Trump had pulled through without a problem. Elderly, obese, some you know, in, in Weinstein the- had it. Weinstein had it, and 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 he's fine now. <laughs> that guy can survive it in jail. <laughs> Weinstein beat it. We can all beat it, but we have a new standard. And I'm going to just tell you this: I want everyone to make a deal. Well, make a deal with me, you all, all, all you you guys, all our listeners. I want to make a deal. If Larry King pulls through this, then anybody can do it. And then it really isn't. A death sentence. If Larry King, who's in the hospital in L.A., 87-year-old Larry King, um, well, he says he's 87. I, I think he's, you know, 97 at least. But he's in the hospital. I realize he's not overweight, but let's be honest. He's sickly. He's old. He smoked yeah. like five packs a day for years. He's had about a dozen heart attacks. Yeah. People don't pay attention to that, Jerry. That's not what the media shows. The media shows you. All I saw on Facebook this weekend was some 42-year-old state rep from Pennsylvania who died of a brain aneurysm and got COVID a month ago, and they're blaming it on COVID. It's all over freaking Facebook because he's a Republican, of course. Didn't wear his mask and stuff like that. He got literally a month ago, and he died of a brain aneurysm, and they're blaming it on COVID. Same with the guy in uh, Louisiana, the, the uh, congressman-elect who died. He was 41, and it was all, uh, you know, it was a COVID denier, and the media were all saying, he's a guy who didn't wear a mask. And and it find, turns out he had a heart attack. You know, it, it, that's inevitably, invariably what happens. You find out that if well, he's 41. It made the heart attack worse, Jerry. It would have been just a regular heart attack. It wasn't <laughs> Right. So you, uh, I'm glad to see you survive, even though you had a family gathering at Christmas, you had 13 people that went to church together, right? We had tickets though. You had tickets, you had an appointment or a reservation at your church. Six in a pew. Six in a pew. pew, So you had uh, two pews plus one. I assume you're the one that had to go off on your own. Yes, that's correct. And, and And you didn't shake hands. No sign of peace. You do a wave. You do a wave, you do a wave, yeah. wave, and uh, no, you know, no communion, no, no, no blood of Christ, just the host, and uh, yeah, like you just you can't do the host. Obviously, that's done. That's what they call it, Jerry. The bread, the bread of Christ. I, I knew that, but I thought in this coronavirus time that it was a little different. Um, you, you, he, the priest actually hands it to you, like well, it's, the through wall, it's through a wall, a plexiglass wall. Not just, not really, but they, they the, the priest took a chance. He took a chance. You got to wear a mask and stuff like that. And right before you get the communion, they they spray the freaking thing. I gotta. I'm not gonna. Lie. I haven't been to. Ch- I, I refuse to go to church in the era of coronavirus. I won't do it. And so uh, I had no idea that they this was how it works. But they are getting the job done. Believe there, you, you know what? The church survives everything. The church has survived. You know, for two thousand years, it will survive this. But it must be taking a huge hit because. You know, first of all, you couldn't go. It was against a law to go. And lots of people, you know, like me, just look for an excuse not to go. So they say, oh, well, you know, the virus. And they don't go, which means you don't put the uh, five bucks in the basket. 
I was really disappointed, Jerry, that I couldn't go to church. My boy <laughs> just <laughs> can't. And, and, and you know what happens when you stop going? You you don't feel compelled to go back. To, you know, there's no reason to go back. Uh, but that's a, a, another story. My big question for you about Mass on Christmas was at the end of the prayer, say you did the Our Father, I assume, right? You do that every week. And mm-hmm. at the end... I don't. I want. I'm not sure what kind of church you go to. It was one of these old-fashioned misogynist places where they just say "Amen," or did they say "Amen" and "A women"? Oh my! For crying out loud! You, that who was that douchebag? <laughs> was the, uh, some chaplain at the at the at the house in in Congress? Is, is he? He wasn't in a representative. He's like some pastor they brought in. Um, I'm not yeah, sure. He had a mask on. He was. Yeah. I, it, it, it's almost. It's, I mean, I'm telling you, I, I, I laughed out loud reading about this. And then I got online to make sure I had it right, make sure uh, I, I wasn't missing something. But if you did miss this, if you were busy with more important things like you know the NFL playoffs, they had a uh, uh, prayer before the House session, I guess the new session, right? They swore in the new members uh, in Congress, and they had a prayer. And... Um, at the end of the prayer, I don't know if you can play this, Dave. At the end of the prayer, the chaplain, and I'll get his name, um, said, amen and a women. And I thought, we ask it in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, and God known by many names, by many different faiths. A man and a woman. Yeah, you're saying in two days, in two days, Raphael Warnock, basically the same thing as what you just could, can be a United States senator. Hey, that's that's a good point, and and t- that true. In in um, two days, we may have a, uh, a credibly accused domestic abuser. Insane, uh, insane. And, and support. I'll, well, we can get to him. And supporter of Jeremiah Wright, Louis Farrakhan, the guy, <laughs> the, guy who, the guy, the guy who thinks you can't. Uh, serve your um, country and your God. You can't believe in God and join the military. A guy who believes in Georgia, that to me is insane. Yeah. But I, I want to. I, I I heard this and I said, "Wow, did I miss something?" A A did this happen in other places or did it just start on the floor of the house? Oh no, he just made it up. <laughs> it's like I got a good one. I got a good one. This this, as far as I can tell, maybe you guys saw something different. Is brand new. This guy, and see if you can get his name, Dave, because I don't know his name. I've seen it. This, this chaplain, this, this, this man of God just made this up. Amen and a women. Now, immediately on Twitter and other places, he was direct. He was uh, uh, corrected. Here's uh, Ben Shapiro, noted uh, biblical scholar. He says, amen is a biblical Hebrew word. And he actually puts the word in, in Twitter, the, the, the Hebrew letters. I didn't even know you could do that. It is a word meaning, quote, may it be so. It has nothing to do with the word man or women because it is, it is from Hebrew. This is some of the dumbest, and he writes, S, some of the dumbest shit I have ever seen in my life. That's one of a thousand tweets mocking this fool who just decided that amen was uh, gender related just uh, maybe on the fly saw the word and said it means men let's change it to women and by the way they also um, passed i don't know if it's a resolution or what you call it but to have no more gender language 
in the law in Congress. They said no more yeah. father, son, brother, yeah. sister. Any word. Congressman Jerry, Congressman McGovern did that. That was well, doing that. That. That's that's why we put him in office. That was from Congressman McGovern, from yes. who, who every time I look at him, I say, "There's no way he's allowed within 500 feet of an elementary school." He's so creepy looking. He, he the is the creepiest looking guy. Yeah. It is amazing, and I I think that about a lot of our elected representatives who votes for that guy. But with him, you look at him and say, "Does someone actually vote for him?" It feels oh, like he's very popular out here, Jerry. Very yeah, popular. you can see why I say. So he's the one that uh, wanted to get rid of all the gender language, so you can no longer, when you write a new law, you can't use the word father, mother, sister, brother. Yeah. Think of all the words that we need to cancel now. They're not menthols anymore. They're women thals, right? <laughs> yeah. like literally anything that contains the letters M E N, you have to create a version. You can't have a you can't have a mandate. It has to be a woman oh, date. Oh, you can't be fundamental. It has to be fundamental. I mean, it is madness. And this, I'd love to know more. I mean, honestly, I'd love to know more about this guy and why he decided to add a women, because it clearly, and I'm not Ben Shapiro is one of a hundred who said that doesn't have anything to do with the word men. It means, you know, amen means may let it be so. It's just a way to wrap up, to end the prayer, or to end anything. You say amen to that, amen. It does not mean men. This idiot just saw three letters together, M-E-N, and said, you know what? That's sexist. That's misogynist. Let's add women. And I'm wondering if anybody thought that was a good idea and said, you know what? I'm going to do that too. Are we, or is this going to be trend? Cause let's be honest. It doesn't have to make sense. It just has to be politically correct. Will this be a trend where people will say amen and then a women? It might be. I mean, I guess you never know what they're going to come up with next Jerry. Nothing. <laughs> None of it has to make any sense at all. See, see, that's where I, I disagree. Turtle boy. I disagree. You said nothing surprises you. This surprised me. I I mean, the gender language you mentioned McGovern introduced, I, that doesn't surprise me at all. But this one, because it's new, and I've heard the word my whole life, so have you. Have you ever thought the word amen meant had, had some gender? Uh, uh, no, because it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty good reason. No, because it doesn't. It's just this loony, this loony tick. And I, is, he a, is he a congressman? Yeah, yeah, Emmanuel Cleveler out of uh, Missouri. But I was gonna say, like an actual, like a, a the the House pastor, that would be a ballsy move. That that seems like a politician move to do something like that. It's a pretty <laughs> big, uh, pretty big stage to just like pull something out of your hat like that. He's from Missouri. Missouri. I saw somebody on Twitter did this compare, and it's a good one. Oh, I'm watching him right now. He's on the news. He's go. He's getting famous. A men and a women, and then they have all the people correcting him and how a women or a men has nothing to do with gender. Anyway, someone said the dumbest thing they've heard since Hank Johnson, you know, the rep from, uh, from yeah, that Guam who thought because we had so many troops on Guam that it would tip over. I, mean, <laughs> I saw that when we played it a lot in the old days on the radio, cause it's so stupid. It's beyond words. He literally asked, I believe it was a, a military guy. I don't know if it was a general. If he thought Guam might tip over because we had too many troops and the guy who was sitting in the hearing had to like, take it seriously say, uh, no, I don't, I really don't think the Island will tip over, sir. Yeah, <laughs> That's an elected official. And I, again, you look at him and you say, 
People vote. Thousands and thousands yeah. of people vote for a guy. Powerful elected official, too. Hank Johnson's on, like, every major committee. Every time they're on TV, there's Hank Johnson slow-talking you to death. And you just remember, that's the Guam guy. The Guam guy. The Guam guy. <laughs> the Guam guy. You have an elected official. I mean, I realize they're not all geniuses. And I'll I'll say this. I mean, God, I'm, I'm praying. Uh, pray, Please, God, let Leffler and Purdue win. Amen. And a women. I'm praying for Leffler and Purdue just because they thought of Schumer and, 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 and Biden having a Senate to rubber stamp anything is, is frightening, but they're not the greatest candidates. Let's be honest. They're not, they don't inspire you. Well, neither, the, luckily the Democrats, but it's too. I mean, the one kid, that little shit stayed Ossoff. Every time I want to see him, I just want to smack him in the head and take his lunch money. The little rich spoiled kid that literally being handed a seat. He's the face of white privilege. He's running the guy. And somehow, by the way, I like to point this out, Jerry, looking at the betting odds. Leffler is an underdog. Purdue is a favorite. That means that, like, they're, they're predicting that a lot of people are going to go in there and they're going to vote for Warnock, but not Ossif. That's amazing. That's not amazing, Jerry. That's privilege. I know. I, I feel like it is – this is frightening on a number of levels. But the idea of Georgia, not the city of Atlanta, the state – Electing Warnock, who's you know little Jeremiah Wright Jr., mm-hmm. is bizarre to me. I mean, what happened to Georgia? I think we have trouble getting elected anywhere other than you know New York and you know and, and Massachusetts and Rhode Island. The guy is such a radical, and he might win a Senate seat in Georgia. But it's we'll the reverend see. thing, like that's popular in the South, like a you know a, a, like the center of the black political community in the South, Jerry, has always been the church. I mean, Martin Luther King was a reverend. A lot of people down there, like the leaders are reverends. This guy follows in that mold, but he ain't no Martin Luther King. God, no. And 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 it is another great glaring example of media bias, because if you watched you know, Fox News or, or OAN or Newsmax, you saw his wife say he's a fraud, a liar, an actor. He ran over her foot with a car and then lied about it. And she said essentially that he abuses her. And, she was scared in that tape. If you have that tape, like, it, like it's clear listening to her voice. She's just like, he's running for Senate and nobody knows what he's like. Right. Nobody, like she was scared. That was a frightened and battered woman right there. Can you imagine if that were Purdue's wife or. Oh my God. Or any, I mean, Josh Hawley's wife. Can you imagine if Josh Hawley's wife said he's not what he seems. He's, you know, he's an actor. He's a fraud. That would be. Like they're running on a loop on NBC on every on every channel, uh, news channel, network channel, every every website. It would be nonstop. You're, you're right though. You're like these are weak. Can't like how did how did Kelly Laffler beat Doug Collins? I don't know. Oh. Too bad. I was I was rooting for Collins. Yeah. She's just and I. God knows I'd support her. I'd vote for her. But she's she's just strange. And I know she's got a lot of money. I know her husband was chairman of the New York Stock Exchange, and she's got a half a billion dollars and. And, you know, she did well when she sold stock yeah. when the virus That's also the state, Jerry, that brought us the, the QAnon lady there. Marjorie, Marjorie, what's her name? The new – she's uh, a nut job. We got our own nut jobs, Jerry. The, have you seen Lynn Wood on Twitter lately? I have, but he's not ours. He voted for Obama like you. He's an Obama guy. Oh, but, uh, yeah. but there are still some of these – what do you think of all these Republicans saying they're not going to vote – for the electoral college, there's like 11 of them, aren't there? That they're not going to vote. They're not going to vote to certify this. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all for taking every legal recourse. I mean, that's how Republicans do it. They take the legal Avenue. They fight 
within the, the law and they follow the constitution, they do what they can. They will fail, but I respect the effort. If it's, you know, what's, the basis? what's the basis? I mean, by it's, one. Um, it, well, I mean, they're contesting it. They're contesting it and uh, let it play out. I think what they're doing is showing their base that they are willing to fight, which is the number yeah. one complaint Republicans have is that our guys don't fight. They certainly don't fight dirty. If they did, Trump, instead of calling the Georgia Secretary of State, he'd be calling the head of the FBI and saying, you know, investigate the Biden team, investigate everybody there, wiretap their offices. That's how they would do it if they fought like Democrats. Instead, Trump just makes this stupid phone call. And I want yeah, to get you to heard the phone. What do you think of the phone call, Jerry? I, I, want, I want to get to that. And we will get to that. It's an hour plus, And I listened to the entire thing. So our lovely, uh, wonderful listeners don't have to. Um, it is just long rambling uh, Trump. There's nothing criminal or, or scandalous about it. It's just, it's just Trump being Trump. And it's pointless. I mean, I mean, I felt like I wasted an hour. How about the 10 people on the call? And by the way, the person who leaked it's the biggest weasel in history. I mean, there was uh, th these are you know, Republicans, and and they're dealing with a Republican president who's got you know a couple of weeks left, and all they're doing is giving red meat to the to the crazies in the media and you know among the Democrats. But anyway, I want to get to the to, to the uh, Trump phone call after we talk about the NFL. Are we done with talking about your your holidays? Were they, they were they were good? You had a good time. You didn't get the virus. Is that what we were talking about? No, I didn't get the virus. No, we're talking about you going to church with a team of thirteen. Yeah, I mean, I want—I've wanted the virus for quite some time. But I did not get it, sadly, at least to my knowledge. Oh, I'm telling you, it's—I, you know, what I did for uh, five days over the break. Wow. I went to America for five days. I flew down to America in uh, uh, Fort Myers, America. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yes, I left. I left. Uh, you know, I left the Soviet Union, went to America, and you know this weird thing you can do down there. Um, you go to this place, right, and they they bring you in, and they put you at a table, and there's like silverware there and everything, and then they come by. Someone comes by, and they ask you if you'd like something to eat. First, they say, "Would you like something to drink?" And you ask, you tell them, "I'll have a, you know, a Bud Light," and they bring it to you, and it's so strange. And then you ask for food. You say, I'll have a, a cheeseburger. You know what they do? They bring it to you. Like this stuff just oh. magically appears right in front of you? I don't no, know. It takes a little while. You sit with people. It's nice. You sit with the oh, people. Yeah, time out, time out. How do you get it into your mouth if the mouth is there? <laughs> Here's what they do. They let you take the mask off. when you. Well, what if you spread disease? Um, you know what? I, I've always lived dangerously. I was just the kind of guy I am, you know. I, I it sounds like the apocalypse, Jerry. I ride my scooter in the summer, my my little Vespa without a helmet. I'm and I and I crank it, man. I go forty miles an hour. I live dangerously, and I went a couple times to a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what they call it—a restaurant in Florida. And the most bizarre. I went in one place with my son. It was like the big, uh, loud Florida bar to watch. Uh, I think it was uh, Sunday, so we were watching games, and we went in this place. It was packed, and it made me even made me nervous because most of the people there were fat and old. <laughs> I'm thinking no problem. That's their risk. If they got the memo, because they were just it was packed, and we couldn't even get a seat, and we ended up leaving just because it was so cranked, uh, uh, crowded. But I and you know, 
numbers, Jerry. They still have half the casualty rate right. that New York has. Yep. Like the apocalypse is not happening there. Like everything they're telling you about lockdowns, none of it works. And that doesn't mean we're anti-scientific. They'll call you, you're a virus. No, no. We fully recognize the virus is actually quite real and has been responsible for killing thousands of people. Okay. But that doesn't mean that you need, that doesn't mean lockdowns work. Okay. Just stop. No, don't. I mean, we're, we're proving it. And it, and the more evidence there is to prove that lockdowns don't work, the lockdown people get even crazier and more fanatical. You know what I mean? It's, it's uh, since last we've talked, there's been like a dozen of these videos. The latest was this girl on an elevator yesterday freaking out on some, I think it was a delivery person got on the elevator and the mask, her mask didn't cover her nose. It was on, but it was, and she freaks out and she must be, it's hard to tell with the mask on. She must be 22 years old, thin, young, healthy in zero danger. And she flips out like this person was you know holding a gun to her head that's how uh, her, her life was being threatened so every day we saw these videos i mean literally every day a new video of someone else at a grocery store flipping out because someone wasn't wearing a mask and um and 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 you know demanding more lockdowns more measures more just more uh, you know, fascism and yet the the evidence and like i said i was in florida and they're not nearly as panicked you actually see people like walking outside on the beach without a mask. Mm. I saw some people swimming in the ocean and they weren't wearing masks. It was disgusting. I started yelling at them. I said, put a mask on. You're going to kill us all. <laughs> Did they listen? You should have been like uh, the, the woman in Canada who just ratted. You see that video for ratting out her neighbor for uh, how oh, yeah. people. And they started wrestling the people out of the house. Yeah. There were six people. There were six people in the house. But before we, uh, I want, we got to get to the NFL and sports because that's the Beck. That's, Another great victory for uh, our, our loss for the lockdown lunatics and the Corona bros. But I want to play um, Ron DeSantis. I tweeted this out, Dave, and so did lots of people. DeSantis was asked about the vaccine, and it was so simple and such common sense. And yet he stands out, especially in our world, because we we're exposed to these 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 tyrants in New England and New York and. You hear so much from Cuomo and uh, you know Baker and these other uh, fat fanatics who uh, continue to just crush the life out of small businesses and restaurants and gyms. And by the way, uh, they want to give prisoners the vaccine in Massachusetts, at least. And they want to give prisoners the vaccine before they give it to elderly people in nursing homes. It could be the craziest damn edict I've ever seen from a governor elected official, and this is from an alleged Republican, which he's not really, but Baker is, is gone full Ayana and said, we yeah. must give it to prisoners before yeah. we give it to World War II. He also signed the police reform bill, Jerry, right the other day. Yeah. And by the way, a state trooper got shot. Again, another state trooper was shot a couple of days ago. He has not reached out to the family yet still. No, he'll, you know, the guy who shot him, <clears throat> the good news is the guy who shot him, he's probably, you know, a young guy and, you know, healthy and, You'll get the vaccine before, yeah. you know. That is a good way to get the vac to cut the line, just shoot somebody. Yes, yes. And, you know, while World War II vets sit trapped in their nursing homes waiting for the vaccine, he's giving it to, you know, uh, Jared Remy and Stevie Flemmy and other uh, killers. So it's sick, it's twisted. We live in a bizarro, upside down world up here. God knows Cuomo is the worst in, in New York. But in Florida, they asked DeSantis, you know, about the vaccine. And he just said, 
of course, you know, we're going to start with the elderly. What, who, <laughs> is that really a question? I have a responsibility to stand by uh, those folks um, who've done so much to make our state and country uh, what it is today. And I say particularly, and Mayor and I were talking about it, uh, you talk, a, uh, uh, talk about a place like Kings Point, uh, you have people who are uh, in the greatest generation. Uh, you have people who fought in World War II, survived the Holocaust. Um, these are people that we've got to stand with and, and prioritize. See that right, right there? I get tingles. I'm not kidding. When you talk about the greatest generation, Holocaust survivors, then that's Florida. There's a lot of them. I mean, their numbers are dwindling. But if you're a, 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 just a, a, a petty tyrant like Charlie Baker or Gretchen Whitmer or Andy, Andrew Cuomo, you literally, I mean, you, you, you understand they exist. They are in nursing homes. There's not many of them, but there are World War II vets. There are people who, you know, stormed the beaches in Normandy or were to Iwo Jima or just survived World War II, survived the Holocaust. And you're saying, wait, wait over there. There's, we got to go to uh, death row. And, 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 and Ariana Presley's prison pen pal. She's trying right. to meet another guy. That's literally how <laughs> I met her husband, by the way. Right. I, my, my congressperson, the absolutely insane Ayanna Presley, who got another uh, – big wet kiss from the Boston Globe, which just loves her because she, she hates America and she, and she makes everything. Um, so I, I, I didn't read it. I just saw okay. it. And, and anyway, she thinks we should start with convicted killers before people who survived the Holocaust or people who were in Omaha beach. I mean, that's how insane this person is who is right now being sworn in for an, another term representing me. But anyway, that, that, that's where I was for not my entire break, but it was nice to visit America for a few days. It was nice to go to a restaurant. As, as Arthur says, as, as Dudley Moore says in Arthur, aren't waitresses great? You ask them for something and they bring it to you. President DeSantis. That's what we need to see. That guy has risen to me above all. Yes. He is the leader we need. Talk about a guy that just doesn't back down in the face of criticism, all this shit. He stood his ground, and it has worked out perfectly. Florida has become the model for efficiency in this country. They were a joke five years ago, like the biggest joke in the country of all the states. Now Florida on election night, election results first. Everything runs perfectly in Florida. And everybody's going there, whether they're going there on vacation or moving permanently or going there just to escape the lockdown. You know, if you can work, uh, if you have the means and you can work at home, why not go there? Uh, and, and pl- it, it, I mean, there's another thing about it. It's warm. I don't know if you wear this. It's warm. It's not like, like here, but I'm looking at the numbers. The on the only number that matters is death rate. New Jersey is still number one. New York is number two. Massachusetts is number three. These are three of the most, the strictest lockdown states. Um, uh, and I'm going to keep scrolling down. Rhode Island is uh, seventh. I'm going to keep scrolling. I'm going to keep scrolling until I get to Florida. 23rd. This is remarkable because they have so many elderly people, so many nursing homes, thousands and thousands of nursing homes. They protected them, they prioritized them, and they continue to do that, whereas places like New York and certainly, I mean, certainly New York, but New Jersey, Massachusetts, they have sent these people to their death. And you know, like in sci- in, talk about science, right? In the scientific community, we would call them a control group. Okay, this is an experiment. They are the group that does something different than everyone else does. And we can judge the results of what they do compared to everyone else. So they're doing something different by not doing the lockdowns, what everyone else is doing. And it's clearly 
no better. I mean, they're right in the middle. They're, so they're really no better right. and no worse than the average state. So clearly lockdowns have no effect. None. And he laughs. I like this. Like, like rolls his eyes and laughs when you ask about schools. Of, of course they're open. Our schools have stayed open for, I mean, of course, that's the only answer that, that, that you should hear is, of course, schools are open. Of course, we're protecting the elderly. Of course, we're not ruining, destroying small business. Massachusetts, we have, we have the Worcester Teachers Union, Jerry, is suing for discrimination because the teachers have to go back on the 19th. Should you not? They're suing. It should be the parents. Why aren't anybody, why aren't, like, where are the attorneys right now for a class action lawsuit to sue on behalf of parents so that goddamn schools can be open? This is such a travesty that this is allowed to happen, that the schools just don't open and we're accepting this. This is madness. And I mentioned earlier, uh, the, every day we see video of some Karen yelling at someone for not wearing the mask properly or attacking someone in a grocery store. Um, one of the best, uh, I don't know, we need a name for these hypocrites, these, these elected officials, these public officials who don't you know, say rules for thee, but not for me. We've seen it time and again between Cuomo not wearing a mask, Newsom going to the French laundry. I mean, oh. uh, um, what's the fatso's, fatso's name there? And Pritzker uh, traveling on his private jet when he's telling people to stay home. The best was uh, the Austin mayor who was yes. in his uh, uh, suite in, in Cabo. Cabo telling people to stay home, to not travel that hypocrite. They'll probably all get reelected because they're Democrats. But then you had this, uh, this uh, teachers union official in Chicago. That was great. In Puerto Rico. One day said um, it is not safe. Teachers should not go back to work because it's not safe. And the next day, did an Instagram post laying by the pool in Puerto Rico uh, at a and justified it the next day, double down. Yeah, that's what Republican parents are doing. It's just like, who cares? Just roll with it, baby. That's what Democrats do so well with these scandals. Like Raphael Warnock right. gets busted with the tape. You know what the Democrats say? Russian disinformation. What right. tape? Like, <laughs> why don't we start doing that? Every time they come out with Trump's like, that's a conspiracy theory. We got to start doing it. QAnon. Right, right. Uh, and and we'll, I want to get to the Trump tape, but we got to get to the NFL because this could be, and I know, again, we will, the, 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 most of the media, I feel like we were outliers. I know you have blogged a lot about it. If you if you don't follow Turtle Boy, you got to get on TV Daily News. He had his top what was it? Top one hundred blogs of the year. Yeah, that's what he did for New Year's. Quality yeah. stuff and a lot of a lot of it, as I predicted on day one of the lockdown, would be lockdown related. Would be uh, COVID uh, panic porn related. Um, but here's the number: the the only number that matters right now: two hundred fifty six. The NFL played 256 games. And you know what? The American public, the American sports fans loved every one of them. I mean, they weren't all. How many players died, though, Jerry? Oh, good question. Any coaches died? Um, you know, no, no. And, 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 and college, same thing. You, you pointed this out the other day. It was a great point. The two most important guys in college football, Trevor Lawrence and Nick Saban, both got the virus, both recovered, <clears throat> no problem. Lots of guys got it. It was, you know, that's what happens when you're all in, this, you know, in the same locker room. Did he recover? He was on the sidelines with COVID, wearing <laughs> a mask, like, and then he took his mask off with COVID, and everybody was fine, Jerry. And we're talking guys that weigh not not all football players are in the best shape. Some of these guys, there's nothing healthy about being 320 pounds. I'm sorry, no matter how strong you are, and everybody survived. Like, think about that, Dante Hightower and Patrick Chung. 
took the year off from football to hide from amazing. That's amazing. They're in their thirties and they they're missing like, like prime years. David Price did it in baseball. Healthy guy, thirty-three year old guy. I mean, totally ill-informed, totally ignorant is what they are. And that maybe, you know, Chung or Hightower or all the other uh, opt-outs, maybe they just were feeling like they needed a year to let their body recover. Maybe they used it as an excuse. I know Patrick Chung said his father lived with him or saw him a lot and was worried about his father. And, you know, he kind of rationalized it. Isn't he a Coke dealer? Remember he got arrested for selling coke like a, a, a like a, a. I don't think he was. Was he selling it? Was he had a whole bunch of coke in his apartment, didn't he? Did he? I don't know, but yeah, that went away. That went away. That. It was like, you know, Charlie Baker's son. It just went away. But yeah. but you, the end of the, I wish somebody would do this, and maybe maybe I could. Is compile all the Corona Bros, you know, panic porn, whatever term you want to use, because there was consensus virtually consensus at ESPN and I don't watch all the shows. Hell, I don't watch any of them, but I do follow people and I do uh, follow a lot of, uh, you know, media critics who track this stuff. And in June and July and August, there was one person after another in the media. I think an example would be like Pat Forty, who's at uh, sports illustrated covers college football. And they would say at some point, you know, call it all off, cancel it. You can't do this. It'll never work. And, you know, the uh, guys at OutKick tracked it pretty well, but there was virtually a consensus at ESPN that they shouldn't play football. It will never work. It's a contact sport. They couldn't isolate. They couldn't have a bubble like they did in that little summer league thing with the NBA, and they shouldn't play. And my my point was always, and I'm, I'm sure we, you and I talked about this and we agreed, was why not try? I mean, why not play? So what if guys get the virus? It's like in the you know previous years or other years, you get the flu, or even if you get hurt. So what? There's, they have they have a practice squad for a reason. They have backup players for a reason. And my argument was always, if they can play, you know, football, the guys who don't have the, then we'll watch. It will be worth it. And you know they'll make money, not nearly as much without the gate. But, uh, you know, we'll watch. The most important thing in professional football is the TV audience. I realize in college it's the, uh, it's the live audience. But in college, the live audience is mostly college, you know, kids, you know, or, or a large part of it is young people. It's not a lot of, you know, fat old Harvey Weinstein-looking guys. So let them all go in. If they get the virus, so what? That's the thing. Wouldn't you want, like, I, I almost feel like if I was the coach of a team, like if I'm the Kansas, if I'm Andy Reid, right? And you go into this, like, think of what a disaster would be if Patrick Mahomes got COVID a couple days before the Super Bowl, right? Don't you think it's in his best interest right now to say, okay, Pat, you're get, we got a bye week coming up this week. You're going to get the virus today. We're going to give you the virus today. And that way you can't get it later on. I mean, don't you think we could literally time this out so that every healthy person gets it at the right time and we'll be good? Well, that's what. Clemson was accused of because in their preseason camp, I believe it was in June, they had like 38 positive tests in one day. They were accused of uh, uh, not necessarily intentionally infecting, but certainly not taking measures to prevent it because they like designed herd immunity. Yeah. And it obviously it got Clemson to the final four. Didn't get them over, uh, you know, Ohio state, but it got them to the final four. I'm surprised, they didn't, get, uh, I'm surprised they didn't get trolled about that after their loss of just saying, listen, karma after what you tried to pull early, you know? And LSU, I think Alabama was accused of it too, but 
here's the thing. When you watch a game, like you mentioned, Andy Reid, there are guys at risk. And God knows Romeo Cornell, who, yeah. looked, like, who looked like he ate Charlie Weiss, by the way. I, I love Romeo Cornell. It's, you know, I was rooting for him to pull the upset yesterday. It was a nice little comeback. But Romeo Cornell looks like, you know, a guy who shouldn't, who should be in quarantine, isolated. A COVID wet dream. <laughs> He's not going to do well. Maybe well, again, I'll see him. We're going to see how Larry King does. Then we're going to make our decision. If Larry King pulls through this, then I'm going to be convinced that you need like 17 comorbidities to, to die from this. I'm, I'm going to be if Larry King, who could be the least healthy looking individual in America, who's under you know not 400 pounds, but if he pulls through. Then anybody can beat it. Yeah, but Larry King, Larry King's got Putin to back him, though. He'll have all the resources he needs to survive this. He's too important. Uh, we'll see. His wife left him, by the way. His eighth wife or ninth wife, whatever it is, they they're, uh, they uh, split, which is amazing because I thought that was true love. She's like you know forty years old, and he he's been married nine times, I believe. Like four of them were the same women. Like he got divorced and married someone else. Then he got divorced and married the first one again. Then he married the third one twice and very strange history. He's got kids who were like in high school. <laughs> He's 87. Anyway, good luck to Larry. We're wishing him the best. But how many, Turtle Boy, how many of these Corona bros, these ESPN, you know, around the horn guys will come on today and say, you know what? I was wrong. Yesterday was an, a, an awesome day of football. I w- w- went. I watched the Patriots. I watched the Red Zone. I watched the night game. We'll get to that when the when the Eagles. Before we even get to the NFL, Jerry, the that Justin Fields performance against Clemson was legendary. That sixty-five yard pass he threw in stride to Okuda, whatever his name is. That was a Brady-esque pass, like in twenty oh seven. It was amazing. We would we would have been denied that yes. were it not for Donald J. Trump intervening with the Big Ten because that's where Ohio State plays. They're in the Big Ten. Donald Trump made that happen, and uh, we. Feel like he's not getting credited for it. <laughs> he should be. We get a great national title game, Alabama and Ohio State, and I'm. I was rooting. I wasn't rooting for Ohio State, but I uh, normally I'd root against them. Yeah, I don't like either. Ryan Day uh, fought hard. In Nebraska, what's his name? Was Scott Frost? Nebraska, Scott the Frost. Team Big Ten, like led the charge on that. So good for them. Scott Frost said he uh, will root for Ryan Day when he's not playing him, obviously, but. Because Ryan Day was so responsible, did so much to make sure they played. And I realized they didn't have a full season. What's Ohio State now? Six, uh, seven, seven and oh. So they, they played literally like half a season. Best win was Indiana. Yeah. So they would not have played if not for guys like Ryan Day and Justin Fields fighting and, and, you know, Donald Trump. Let's be honest. If, 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 if Hillary Clinton were president or Biden, there would have been no Big Ten. It would not have happened. And that would be wrong. That would be crazy. I watched, you know, not nearly as much college football as some people, but it was fun. It was entertaining. You're right. Justin Fields' performance was was spectacular. And if you enjoyed it, you have to admit that all these Corona Bros, these morons that know ESPN, were wrong. They were wrong. But they're not admitting. Darren Rovell was one of the worst ones, and right. he. Tweeting out about the games, like how oh this is amazing. Like he was commenting on the games, like dude, you don't get to have opinions on games that you said you didn't think should happen in the first place. I stopped following Dan Rovell. I don't know. I just he's just annoying. But you're right. He's one of the leading Corona Bros, and but he's not alone. 
it was kind of this group think, you know, like anytime a player would uh, test positive or there'd be any kind of uh, scare, they'd say, cough, just call it off. Not mm. let's try to play. Let's try to work it out. I look back and I think the idea that they canceled anything like division three games or high school games is freaking nuts. You know, my son plays division three and it still makes no sense. Like, why did they have to not play exactly? None of them are vulnerable. They're all young. They're healthy. If they get it, so what? The crowds aren't big. And even if the people in the crowds are mostly young, so what? Why was there this kind of panic? I used to think it was because of, you know, election day. But no. panic did not subside. They got their guy elected. You know, I say this all the time. Charlie Baker got his guy elected. He was trying to defeat Trump. He did. Same with Cuomo and Whitmer and all the rest of the tire. They got their guy elected, but you're right. They, 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 they enjoyed this power so much. They're not ceding it. They're not giving it back. What's their incentive? Just to be humane, but they're not. Fauci knows the TV dinners end. The TV <laughs> dinners end as soon as he stopped. As soon as coronavirus ends, these people stop being relevant. It is literally the best thing that happened to Anthony Fauci, and that's indisputable. It's the best thing that happened to Sanjay Gupta and all these celebrity doctors now. And it's like they've made it's made so many. I mean, Andrew Cuomo is a household name now because of coronavirus. It's worked out very well for these people. Yes, and they and they're gonna when it ends, when it ends, you know, when Trump's vaccine makes the rounds and and it ends. It's going to be interesting to see how much, uh, how much uh, of their power remains, and and how much they admit that they, you know, made mistakes. I mean, uh, Cuomo, hell, Cuomo killed twelve thousand senior citizens. Won't admit he made a mistake. These people are uh, just drunk with power still. Ten months after the uh, after the uh, lockdown started, and they're still reveling in it, but. Uh, the the um, I felt like watching the NFL. First of all, why didn't they have? Why didn't every game have fans? Like you don't you don't have to have seventy thousand, but why not have ten or twelve or fifteen thousand? It drove me crazy every time I saw an empty stadium, like Gillette or you know Buffalo, for instance. That was the most impressive watching the Buffalo ones with literally nobody there. It, it makes zero sense. Then you see the Southern states. Every, the free states, every time they have on, they have about 15,000 people every single time. It can be done. It's really not that complicated. I mean, you look at this empty section, you'll be, a, you know, the, the guy kicking a field goal and behind will be this huge empty section. Say, why can't there be, you know, 50 people in that section? It'd be a pretty cool experience. They'd pay top dollar. You'd have noise. It just, uh, it's just a, a look. It's like looking at a, you know, an empty gym or an empty restaurant where we live saying why does that have to be what what and what sense does it make yeah. we're, we're again we're into it 10 months and we're still yeah, they had to move the rose bowl the rose bowl was rose in bowl texas. moved to texas it should stay in texas everyone should, should leave california um, the, the exodus in the last six months to texas of capital from california to texas elon musk joe rogan think of all the people that have left uh ben shapiro's fled to tennessee everybody or- even california Oracle, I believe, uh, well, Hewlett Packard was another couple of big corporations left in there. Uh, Why would you stick around? Unfortunately, they move and then they continue to vote for Democrats, which is why uh, Texas has gone purple on us. But uh, it is, I don't know why, right, why would you stick around? Why would you stay there? Pace? It's, it's exp- the weather. The, that's the one thing California has. They are the worst state in the country, but they are by far 
the the best place to live weather wise and like you know beauty wise. It's got everything. It's got right. mountains. You, they you ruined it. it. Uh, and, yeah, and it, it's, it's amazing in our lifetime that uh, you know Ronald Reagan was elected and you know Pete Wilson was elected. <laughs> Those days are over. Never gonna happen again in the uh, in the state of California. Um, I I thought yesterday uh, was very entertaining for a number of reasons. I mean, in New England. It was, you know, obviously it's a different opponent every week, but it was always kind of one thing. We watched one game, one contest, and it was Tom versus Bill. And, you know, who would who would turn, come out of this better, this this divorce? Who would win this divorce? Um, I feel like uh, – Oh, it's over. I mean, Tom Brady literally said – I mean, Tom Brady threw more touchdown passes this year than he has in what? When's the last time he threw 40 touchdown passes for the Patriots? Tom Brady threw 32 more touchdown passes than Cam, than Cam Newton. Cam Newton didn't need three on his last day. He almost doubled his season output yesterday. To, uh, and he caught one. And he caught one. He had a great final day. But I, I was tweeting about this, and I find it funny because the announcers uh, love – the media loves Cam Newton. They gave him an award, the Ron Hobson Award for the nice guy, the nice guy award. Um which I'm sure he was a nice guy, but they would go, they would say it over and over again. And I realized most of the country didn't watch uh, New England versus New York yesterday, but Jay Feely was the color guy, former kicker. And uh, the play-by-play guy was some big bald guy named Tom. And they were talking constantly about what a wonderful guy Cam Newton is. And Jay Feely actually said he's done everything right, except for throwing the ball and winning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a fair point. I mean, he's a nice. You know who else is a nice guy, Jerry? Me. I, I should be playing quarterback yeah. for the Patriots. I'm a nice guy. You know. Yeah. What else do you need? Um, but my point is that this this last performance might bring him back, Jerry. They're talking about that already. No, no. That I I, I would I would like to go on record. And uh, there's a few beat guys. First of all, Adam Schefter tweeted out in the morning said that this is Cam Newton's final game. They're planning on splitting. Then. Parting ways, and I tweeted, like, did we really need Adam Schefter to tell us that? Cam Newton has been awful as a quarterback in New England. Why did he play yesterday? Why not Why not put in? Great still- question, but uh, hold on. I'll get to that. And and then after the game, there were a few beat guys saying, oh, they're not uh, – it's still under consideration whether they're bringing him back. No, it isn't. I understand beat guys are talking to people, and they're, they all like Cam, and they're trying to be nice and trying to be diplomatic, so they say – no, maybe, maybe we'll bring him back. There's no, there's not even a thought. Bill Belichick is not even, Josh McDaniel, they're not even thinking about bringing him back. It's over. Why he played is another question. I don't know. It was, we know it's his last game. That's 100%. That's not 98%. That's 100%. He's done in New England, right? He's moving on. He'll play somewhere else, back up probably, and they'll move on. There'll be someone here. It'll be either. It probably won't be a rookie. It probably won't be the number fifteen pick they played. Stafford, too well. Matthew Stafford, like he, like he would have made such a difference. A guy like that that can just throw the football. You don't have to be perfect, you know. Throw some interceptions once in a while. But Matthew Stafford's like a real quarterback. Something like that, just to hold us over. Or, or you know, Mitch Trubisky, or Jimmy Mark Garoppolo, Ryan, or no. Jimmy Garoppolo. Or, and I was going to say Sam Donald, but I will give Turtle Boy credit. He's been saying all year Sam Donald stinks. Turtle Boy for a change is correct. Sam Donald stinks. 
He, he, he looked like he was going to get all his receivers killed yesterday. He does not have the arm strength. And maybe I'm judging him against Josh Allen and, uh, you know, P- Patrick Mahomes, these guys that have absolute howitzers. But Sam Donald stinks, and he'll I don't know where he'll end up, but he'll be replaced by Justin Fields in New York. That's my prediction. They get the number two t- pick. They blew it. They don't get uh, Trevor Lawrence. But That'd be a blessing, Jerry. Fields looked better in that game. Yeah, and I I said, you know, like a couple of weeks ago after doing uh, my uh, homework and watching the BYU Coastal Carolina game, I said, Zach Wilson, that's your guy for uh, New England. He'll be long gone. He's so, by 15. Yes, he'll be gone. You're done with the Eagles did tank on purpose, literally move up three spots. I was going to contrast what New England did playing Cam Newton. And you ask a good question. What I guess. Here's why he played, because Belichick's only thought is winning that game. But it makes no sense. What what Doug Peterson did makes more sense. I realize it pissed off the Giants fans and pissed off a lot of the media. I just heard Adam Schefter again. Well, say, tell the listeners in case they missed the game last night, Jerry. Now you're watching. Hey, we'll, well, we'll start with the Patriots. The Patriots played a guy, Cam Newton, who played, been the starter most of the year, who'd been awful and never, they never went to Jared Stidham, the only quarterback they have who's under contract for next year, the only guy who's cons- under consideration as a starter for next year. Will he be the starter? I don't think so. I don't know nothing about because we haven't seen him in, in real action. We've seen a little a bit of him, and he does not look good, but at least they'd be make some sense. Let's see what Stidham looks like before we go into next year. And if you lose, so what? That means you improve your draft position. They play Cam Newton. They win. They beat the lowly Jets. Adam Gates gets fired 10 minutes later. Sam Donald will be will be available because they're going to draft the quarterback. Then you go to the night game where the Washington Redskins against the Eagles, if the Redskins win, they make the playoffs, win the division, play the Bucks in week one. If they lose, the Giants go to the playoffs. And God knows there's lots of Giants fans out there. That was the theme on Sunday night football. It made it really interesting. Let's be honest. These two teams aren't good. You know, the, 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 the Redskins go in there six and whatever it is, six and nine. The Eagles are the only team in the division out of the race. They suck. But if they win the, the you know, the Eagles are playing for the giants. It was kind of a bizarre thing. And all the giants fans were sitting home tweeting. I can't believe I'm rooting for the Eagles and all that. Well, um, we know Carson Wentz has been benched, but Carson Wentz wants a trade, um, and, and Jalen Hurts is the starter. And Jalen Hurts had run for two touchdowns. He looked okay. He doesn't look great. He missed a wide-open receiver in the end zone. Um, anyway. They're down three at the he top. Gets, he, they're down three. He gets yanked for uh, Sutfeld. Now, was Carson Wentz in uniform? No, he was on the bench, you know, masked up. I saw him talking to Zach Ertz a he lot. Abs on? Wentz? I don't think so. No. Why not? Is he hurt? Because you can't. Uh, you only have two quarterbacks in pads, right? I Is that know. rule? I mean, Hoyer's wearing pads? No. no I mean, it's, I don't think it, um, he wasn't. Whatever. He wasn't. Uh, Here's my question. If you intentionally put in Sudfeld over. I mean, I can understand pulling Hurts if you think he doesn't have it today, which didn't make any sense. But uh, let's make that argument. It does. There's no reason not to put in Wentz over this guy nobody's heard of unless you're trying to tank on purpose. Well, Wentz is already gone though. Like that's already a foregone conclusion. Which is weird. I mean, he's yeah. under contract for like millions, a hundred million dollars and he's available um, because 
He's it, that's a disaster. He failed. So they're right. They're moving on from Wentz. They've already decided. That's insane. But, and I guess, but what's the point of playing Sutfeld? I want watching this, waiting for an expo, explanation. Guy who hadn't played in two years, uh, he comes out. Um, he's only played three games in his NFL career. Nate Sudfeld throws a immediately throws a pick on a deep ball, which was not a big deal. It was like a punt, but the you know they it felt like they were waving the white flag. The announcers were uh, kind of surprised. Can we, can we find Doug Peterson on this explaining it? Because God knows he was getting grilled and 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 just bait, uh, lambasted on on Twitter because it felt like a really obvious tank job. Like we're going to move up in the draft. And they did. They moved from nine to six, correct? Carolina, Atlanta, and and Houston. They, they, that that is a huge move. When you think about it, going from nine to six, what do you have to trade to get those? Right. Right. What do you you have to give up? A lot, a lot. And you know, uh, maybe they're, I don't know if they're looking at another quarterback or whatever. They're going to get real value at six. And, it was worth it. If you're an Eagles fan, if you win, you help the Giants. And if you win, you get a worst draft pick. Um, so you're okay with losing, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, per, per, I mean, think of, think of what you like. Remember the Bears traded from to get from three to two to get Trubisky a couple yeah, years ago? Right. He gave up a lot to get to one more spot. To move up three spots in the first ten picks, that would cost you an arm and a leg. And all you have to do is just put in Sudfeld. Or you can do that. Like, it's that it that's that valuable. There's not a lot of obvious tanking going on in the NFL. I remember the, the, the Colts did it when they got Andrew Luck. They had Curtis Painter in there. Was- tank because you have to tell the guys, like, just don't try. The only person who can tank is the coach by putting in the worst players. That's a good point. Players don't tank. Generally, coaches don't tank. Generally, it's front office that tanks. In this case, it was the coach. And, and you know, I assume that means he's, he's back for another year. Because if you asked, you know, Adam Gase to tank or, or uh, Doug Marone to tank, they would say, why? You're going to fire me either way. I'm not tanking. I don't want to lose. But Doug Peterson clearly had no problem with it. Yeah, but you also got to look at the fact that, uh, look at, the, I mean, the reason why the Carson Wentz thing is happening is because him and Peterson are, their relationship is, you can't reconcile it anymore, right? How do you play for a guy like that now? If you're a guy that cares about the integrity of the game, there was a video going around of Jalen Hurts yesterday, mouthing, it's not right. It's yeah, not he, right. He, him in the pro scratch conversation. They had the camera. They had the camera in his face and he did not look happy. I, to be honest with you, I was tweeting this saying, can someone explain this? I mean, did they have to get a look at Nate Sutfeld? I mean, no, again, the Patriots yeah. could have used a look at Jared Stidham. It made sense. There's chance. There are times when you say that veteran, you know, he's done and you're out of the playoff race, so you want to look at a young guy. That makes sense. Jalen Hurts is a rookie. Yeah, it made, <laughs> I, make no sense whatsoever. <laughs> I, I, I just – there's no rhyme or reason to it except for the fact that it was an obvious tank job. And, again – What's the big deal? Um, you know, the NBA, they do it all the time. They don't yeah, see starters so and, you know, they, you know. In the NBA, you're not even guaranteed. That can backfire on you because there's an actual lottery. In right. football, you know what you're getting. You Good know point. you're moving up three spots because all the other games, by the way, had already been played. They knew exactly how many spots they would move up if they lost that game. All right, back to um, this great – I don't know if I'm overrating it just because – 
there was a lot of drama, but this great, I, but Scott Hansen told me it was like a record number of touchdowns and uh, there was some wild stuff in the NFL. And, you know, the way I think I'm, I'm watching, I'm saying, you know, F you, uh, you know, Steron Ravel or, or, uh, you know, Pat 40 or, you know, around the horn guys, you know, this is the game. This, this is the game you wanted to deprive us of. So what would we been doing yesterday? We all have been sitting around like reading, reading books. That we would have done if the Corona Bros got their way. I guess so. I, I don't know why we would have watched more MSNBC, Jerry. Watch, I think that watch, was the plan. Oh, watch, uh, watch! I would have watched Yellowstone. I got hooked to Yellowstone. You know where? When I got hooked to Yellowstone, on the plane. I was on the plane. On a uh, yeah. What is that? A Netflix show? It's a Paramount show with Kevin Costner as a, a, a kind of a, a ranch owner in Montana. Owns like half of Montana. He's kind of a. So it's fiction. Dark, evil character and you know it's got the family and it's it's a good show it's kind of dark and depressing but that's okay uh it's you know ozark's a great show and it's kind of dark and in many ways depressing but i'm in a yellowstone i'll give you an update after i get through a few more uh, episodes but yesterday i would say aaron Rodgers won the mvp would you agree 48 touchdown passes he looks spectacular and he had more touchdown passes than his team had punts All you have to do is just draft Jordan Love. That's what did it for him. That lit up because he was on the decline, Jerry. Aaron Rodgers was not as good as he was in other years. Then they draft this guy, and that pissed him off because they've never drafted weapons for him. They've never drafted receivers, and so they draft this quarterback, and he's like, "Oh fuck you! I'm gonna I'm gonna show." And then Devontae Adams has the year of his life because of Aaron Rodgers. I mean. And I, you know, he should win the MVP. I'd vote for him, but Mahomes I, and Allen also have a great. I would love, uh, you know, I love watching Josh Allen. I like watching Mahomes, and I generally would root for like the young guy. Rogers has won it before. He had a one twenty one rating, far and away the best. Forty eight TDs, five picks, and he just looks so comfortable and so in in sync with Devontae Adams. He's going to win it going away. You don't do like top three or top five in the NFL. You just vote for one guy. Mm-hmm. So I'd be surprised if anyone else, maybe Mahomes will get a, a, a couple of votes, but uh, Rodgers will win it going away. I love uh, Josh Allen, but he had 37 TDs, 10 picks, 107. 37 passing touchdowns. Now do rushing. How many rushing touchdowns? That's, that's true. Uh, that, that's a good point. I can get you that. Um, rookie of the year, Justin Herbert is going to win rookie of the year. Jefferson. He, he uh, Sean Jefferson's son looks spectacular. That's Sean Jefferson's son. Yeah, it is. Oh, how about that? I did not know that. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. Um, did you know Patrick Mahomes was Pat Mahomes' son? I did know that. I did know that. Uh, but I mean, Sean Jefferson's a you know a patriot, so a little little bit more local. Um, but I, I had Brian Flores as coach of the year, but then they got blown out in the last game to Buffalo. So maybe Kevin Stefanik. Maybe yeah. that doesn't happen. Um, uh, Look, yeah, that's a good point. He probably, I don't know. It'll be close. I don't care. I don't care. Back to the contest that matters. Brady wins, Belichick loses. I would love, you know, to see it a little closer, a little bit more debatable because God knows it was a big part of my life talking about, you know, Brady and Belichick and who's most responsible and what each guy could do without, Belichick is first losing record in 20 years. Uh, he went seven and nine. Um, last time he had a team with the home Tom Brady, he went um, five and 11, I believe, right? Yeah, five yeah, and I mean, 11. 
I tweeted this out, Jerry, yesterday. What do you think the record – how do the Patriots – what's their record this year with Brady? I would say much better. And, I mean, 10 and 6. Three games yeah. better. 10 and I 6. Think that Denver, Buffalo, and Texans all wins if he plays. You could argue – I think the Seahawks, you could argue they win that game. Although yeah. that was the best Although, game. And the Dolphins, the second game, I think. Yes. And, and what and, – and, be honest. To be honest, I didn't, and we've talked about it a lot. I understood what Bra- Belichick was thinking. He gets rid of guys one year uh, too soon, rather than one year too late. And he thought Brady at forty three was in the decline. Brady and and you know it. I I thought he'd struggle at the end of the season. I thought he'd get banged up because that's what forty three year olds do. He didn't. He looked great in his last game. He looks great heading into the playoffs. He goes on the road to play the. WFTs, and then they we get to see Brady Rogers to get to the NFC Championship. That is freaking awesome! And the Super Bowl is in Tampa this year. The the amount of I, I think the Bucks are going to beat him, Jerry. The Bucks are going to be the best. I mean, I I I'm done thinking Brady is you know human. I'm done with that. He's not. He's 43. He's throwing the deep ball. Great. He's you know haven't he's totally energized the team. I don't know if Mike Evans is is okay. We don't know yet, but doesn't matter. They have so many. Antonio weapons. Brown looks pretty damn good, and Brady is throwing him little shovel passes to get him a quarter of a million dollar incentive bonus. So um, he loves. Rock looks fine. Like the running games looks fine. Like the the Bucks are in rare form, Jerry. I think it's going to be Bucks. And uh, who do you, the other matchup will be Seahawks against uh, the Saints. Who do you like there? You get you got you got um, I I don't know I picked all these games for uh, for podcast one. What, what's the game? Buck, uh, I like I like Bucks over Packers because I think we all agree they're going to get there. And Bucks, then I like- Packer, here, here's what's incredible: Bucks Packers in the NFC, Bills Chiefs in the AFC. Those are two unbelievable games. We're all going to be riveted. We're all going to watch every second of it. And Darren Ravel didn't want either of those to happen. You know. It's just, we get to see. We get to see even in the first round. Steelers Browns. That's going to be awesome. You know, Cleveland first game back. They get to play the Steelers in the playoffs. Uh, and if they upset them, then they get the Chiefs. They'll get killed there. But then we'll see. Uh, we'll have Bills against uh, the four five matchup. Will be Ravens. How the hell do we beat the Ravens? By the way, Ravens and uh, Titans. Titans. Another good game. You know, and the winner of that would play the Bills. Both of those teams, I believe, have played the Bills this year. Or at least the, uh, the the Titans beat the shit out of the Bills this year, so it's gonna be awesome. It's, I mean, we, football is back, and e- even Andrew Cuomo is letting people on the stands in Buffalo, <laughs> right? Which is not. Some people aren't happy with Janice Dean is really pissed. I'm okay with it because they never should have been kept out. Mm-hmm. And he's a hypocrite and he's a scumbag. But it is the right thing to allow fans in. The fact that he said he wants to go to a game, that's nauseating. I don't blame people for being pissed. I hope they hope he goes to the game and they throw things at him and do people in Buffalo even feel any like connection to being New Yorkers? Like like that's my governor. That guy right. lives ten hours from me. And he's right. the governor of my guy. How are they not, not. not seceded? I hope not because uh he, he just sucks and I, I like Bill's fans. I don't really understand the jumping on the table thing. That never really a never, potential red state right there, Jerry. We gotta we gotta talk about that. Yes, they should they should see. <laughs> but I'm rooting for the Bills um in and the Bucks. But um there are so many matchups which will be dreamy for uh Goodell for the NFL for the networks. When you think about Rogers, Brady, Breeze, Breeze final 
Breeze last stands. Yeah, and we'll we'll see Breeze against Wilson in the second round, which is Breeze against long. Wilson. That's true. And then I mean, any the winner gets Brady Brady Rogers. Like that's that's awesome. This is amazing that what we're about to get treated to the Browns and you know Derrick Henry and Lamar Jackson and. There's just I'm the, the, bear, the, bear the only team I would say that just no one uh, the Bears I hate watching the Bears I've never enjoyed the Bears Bears games suck every yeah. time you tune into the Bears the Bears they are the example of why there was no need to extend the playoffs whatsoever. <laughs> That's like, do you need to see Phil Rivers and the Colts in there? Like do you, do we need that? Well, they yeah. were eleven and five. The Bears were eight and eight, and they eleven and, and five. Is anybody scared of the Colts? I guess not, but you know, still, I'd watch. Still, football is, is awesome. I love football. You love football. We're the way you watch. two are salivating over these matchups, you would think you care about the integrity of the game and would be totally against the Eagles' move last night. You guys are awesome football fans. What a reach. You you chime in for the first time in a half hour. I'm just telling you, I mean, you're, you're, you're gawking over these games, and I would think a move like that hurts the integrity of the game. Integrity. I tell you, I believe what Adam Schefter reported, the people in the league, in the league office and around the league aren't happy because it's a, such a bad look. And my question, and I guess I guess the answer is obvious, is why did he do it? <laughs> why did he do it? Why did you yank Jalen Hurts and put in Nate Sudfeld? Um, draft position, that's it. He just won't say it, but draft position. They've asked him, what do you say? Well, I'm sure they asked him in this press conference. Uh, I'm sure have, it wasn't Doug Peterson. Dave, can you play yep. me some Doug Peterson? Yes, I was coaching and went to win. Uh, yes, that was my decision solely. Um, Nate has uh, obviously been here for uh, four years, um, and uh, I felt that uh, he, he he deserved an opportunity to uh, to get some to get some snaps. And um, um, listen, uh, if if there's anything out there that that thinks that I was not trying to win the game. I mean, you know, Ertz is out there. Brandon Graham's out there. Darius Slay's out there. You know, all our top guys are still on the field at the end. So uh, we were we were going to win the game. So we just live. Okay. Just live. That was a good way to try to save face at the end. That was a good little excuse that some of the top guys were out there. Yeah, out there. So yeah. just rewarding Nate Sudfeld for being a good soldier to get him some some reps. I could see maybe a series, but the game, they were down by three. <laughs> like, oh, well, you don't need some reps, Jerry. Blaine Gabbert or Chase Daniel. We need to see what, you know, these 35-year-old washed-up quarterbacks. <laughs> we need to see what Charlie Batch can do this week. So we got to see what he's, if he's got it in the tank still. And, and by contrast, Belichick's playing a win with Cam Newton, and I guess that's not – that's an indictment on uh, – Jared Stidham, because uh, he is worse in practice. He's worse than Cam Newton, who could be the least accurate thrower of the ball and that I've ever seen in a Patriot uniform. He's but, that inaccurate. Why is he on the team still? Because he can run. He, he can he run. He can run. catch the ball. He can, uh, you know. Uh, oh, I talked about Stidham. Uniform. Stidham. Oh, Stidham. If, I'm if Stidham is not as accurate as Cam in practice, then why is he on the team? I don't know because he's a he's a backup. You know, some guys are just backups, like Nate Sunfeld. <laughs> They're just backups. All right, I want to get to before we wrap this up, Turtle Boy. We got to get to Trump's call because it is a it's a big big deal, big big deal for uh, for the media. God knows, and the Democrats again, one and the same. But uh, let me mention uh, Shake Concrete before we do. Let me tell you what Shake Concrete can do for you in the new year. There's a good project. For your new year, you can have shake concrete, build you a building. 
build you a precast building. They partner with Easy Set Worldwide and they manufacture precast concrete buildings for multiple applications in a variety of sizes. Shea's been manufacturing precast buildings for over 17 years and no one does it better. Precast concrete buildings provide the most durable and long-lasting option compared to other modular building applications such as metal, wood, masonry. Shea Concrete Manufacturers delivers and installs these engineered precast concrete buildings as a true turnkey provider from initial handshake through the final installation support with a focus on cost efficiency and quality control. Each of their precast concrete buildings are pre-assembled at their factory and typically delivered and installed in one piece by their experts. Uh, you know what makes them uh, better than other buildings? They, they can, uh, they can build them in the worst of weather because they do it indoors. That's unlike other, you know, wood, metal, they do it indoors, in, the, in their big plants. They build your building. This increases productivity, lowers cost, and gives the customer a legitimate time frame of when the building will be placed on site. To learn more, simply go to shakeconcrete.com or call them up and ask for Frank or Mike. These are the experts in these buildings. They'll tell you what you need. They can tell you what sizes they can build. It's the answer. You need a building, go for a precast concrete building. Call them today or just log on to shakeconcrete.com. Learn all about their precast buildings. I, I, I got my question with Trump is the same as I always ask is, what's, what was he thinking? He, he went on a phone call with like eight guys, and he thought it would stay between them. Now, this is a weasel move by the Georgia Secretary of State or somebody in his office to leak it. But he's been ripping this guy and calling him a, you know, whatever, every name, a traitor and a, and a bad guy for, for weeks. And then he goes on a phone call with him and expects them to keep it between them. It's like when talking with him, talking to Bob Woodward, what are you thinking when you go on this phone call and do this? Yeah. I mean, Trump's just, he's a fucking idiot, Joey. I mean, that's a, eventually we have to understand that he's our idiot, but he's a freaking moron. Like I yeah. love him to death. I'd vote for him in a heartbeat, you know, but he's, He's in a world of his own. He's he's and, and my biggest fear, Jerry, and you know what's going to happen is he's going to run again in twenty twenty four, and he's going to. No, no. But you know what? Uh, it's a long way off, and he's going to be seventy eight. And I'm 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 like we've said before, I'm all for Trumpism, and I want to see rallies and energy and excitement. I want a fighter, but he's going to be too old, and and uh, you know, we need someone in there to take the baton from him and run with it. And, you know, he's, it's not him. I'm with you. But so I hear, you know, obviously the hysterics on the left saying that he should be impeached for this phone call and he's election interference. It, it, it was nothing. It was Trump being Trump. It's rambling. First of all, if you listen to the call, it's like a half an hour before anybody else says anything. I need you to find 11,000 for hundred. <laughs> Do about it, please. Like, obviously, that's not going to happen. It's so what worried about, and it just says it matter of factly. Here's the headline on much of these, you know, left wing media outlets: is he ordered uh, the Secretary of State to find eleven? He didn't order him to do anything. He said he, he thinks that there are three hundred thousand ballots out there with his name on them, and he wants him to find enough for him to change yeah, he read it on OAN and he, that he's convinced that like this is real and he's just like oh Marjorie Green retweeted something the other day about this so we should totally find all we need is like 11,000 just go and get them like I, like he's 
It's a joke. And anybody who's like, I don't never understood why the media is. Why are you taking Trump so seriously? It's not a joke. There's plenty of uh, fraud out there. There's plenty of. Uh, no, but I'm just like threat but, to democracy. He's not a threat. He's just Trump. He's right. just. He's not, there's no threat. There's no yeah, order here. There's no crime here. It's just Trump babbling. And by the way, it's an hour. I think it's an hour and 10 minutes. This call could have been 15 minutes long if he didn't repeat himself. It's what he does. He just over says the same thing over. And I don't know if you can find like a, a minute or 30 seconds, Dave, where uh, I, mean, I don't want to play too much of it because it's just him rambling. Go ahead and listen to it somewhere else if you want. And you won't think it's a crime or an impeachable offense or he didn't order the guy to do this or order him to do that. He just babbles on, you know, at times incoherently. And I swear to God, the people on the call, they're like lawyers and, and the secretary of state. They're not even listening. It feels like he's just, he just speaks off the cuff about everything. And it's just amazing that the media takes him so literally and so seriously. Like he's kind of a joke. Like most of the shitty, like obviously he's going to be removed. Obviously he will not be the president in a couple more weeks. Obviously they're not really going to find 11,000 ballots. You know this. So why are you acting like this, like this existential threat? Is he just talking shit? It's just Trump. Who cares? And, and they, you know, that Raffsenberger, the, the secretary of state, you know, he doesn't agree with him, but he doesn't want to fight him because it's Trump. He just sits there and lets him babble. And at one point he says, there aren't 3000 dead voters. There are only two. <laughs> and to me, there's the problem is there, there is some fraud, right? There is, no. some fraud. you know that we believe, but we do have an accurate election. No, I know you don't. No, no, you don't. You don't have, you don't have not even close. You got, you're off by hundreds of thousands of votes. Picture Donald Trump sitting at his desk and you're whoever, Mark Meadows or, you know, you're somebody, you know, in his circle of advisors and you tell him, A, this fraud and B, there is a legal recourse for you to, to follow or, sir, you can concede. What do you think Donald Trump's going to do? He's going to go, wait a sec, there's a legal recourse. I can do this X, whatever it is. I want to do that. I want to sue. You know, I want to recount. I want whatever. I want to talk to the Secretary of State. Of course, Donald Trump is not going to concede. That would be. Yeah, and, and I don't blame any of these. Like, I mean, it's a joke what Ted Cruz and them are doing, like signing this thing, saying they're not going to certify, whatever. But you know what? Why? I mean, why not? Why not? Like, these are the same people that impeached Trump over a phone call and spent two years like Russia, Russia, Russia. It's like eventually you just have to play the game with them. So if you tell him, if you concede, sir, if you drop all these legal recourses or avenues and just concede, you know, the media will be happy. The Democrats will be happy. Mitt Romney will be happy. Paul Ryan will be happy. You know what Trump would do? He'll double down. That's who he is. The idea that this is some surprise or some attack on democracy or undermining democracy is so bizarre. Of course, Biden's going to be president. And smart move by Biden is canceling, you know, every inauguration inaugural uh, event because nobody would show up. I mean, there's no enthusiasm for him. Nobody voted for Joe Biden. They voted against this crazy man that I voted for and support. But I'm telling you, if you want to be, I don't know, disappointed, listen to the whole phone call. It's just a long rambling uh, gripe session by the president. And on the other end is this um, secretary of state who's probably covering the receiver and, and rolling his eyes and I mean, and at his assistants who are sitting with him, 
saying, listen to this lunatic. He thinks what's, what's the win for him to just keep fighting like this, though? You know, like, I know this is what, he, to your point, it's what he does. But, like, how, how does it how does it continue to help him at this point? Because it's just well, now he'll just he'll have he'll get to have more rallies and all of a sudden complain about it as rallies. I don't get the vibe that people are like out there on social media being oh. like, keep up the fight. In, in- oh, they are. No, they are. They are. Yeah, it doesn't well, it. Again, it, again why wouldn't you exhaust every legal? Uh, one thing I've learned is that there are some lunatics on our side, Jerry. Absolute lunatics who are like Lynn Wood. Like he has a following. He's appreciated. He, people are taking him seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they are. Look at look at the ratios. Anytime a conservative speaks out against, like you know, suggests that like Biden's gonna be president, guys. Like it is what it is. Uh, they just get ratioed to hell. Like no, no, we must fight. There's literally Republicans who are not voting for Leffler and Purdue. Not because- I don't think that's a big movement, and I do think. Again, the reason they love Trump is he's a fighter and they expect him to fight to the end. Simple as that. That's pretty simple. I do think the next guy had better be a fighter because people are really uh, um, comfortable with this. They're happy with this part of the, the Trump package that he will fight to the death. And they also know there was massive fraud. Again, I my tip my cap to the Democrats. They, they cheated. They, they, they stole this election fair and square. That's the way it's done. They pulled it off. I wish my side would fight as dirty and fight as hard. And maybe next time, you know what I mean? Maybe next time they will. Maybe we've all learned from this. Maybe next time when people say we need mail-in voting because of COVID, you'll say, I know you don't. You can go to Walmart. You know, you can certainly go to the polling place and, and vote like it says in the Constitution. You vote on Election Day. Breaking news. Adam Schefter reports the Jaguars fired Doug Marone. So, he did the best job of tanking. He got the top pick in the draft. He, he you know, lost all the, any, any close game there was. He lost it and uh, won one game. He uh, um, Now the Jaguars now joined the Jets, Lions, Falcons, and Texans as teams that need a coach. So that's a good job. Wouldn't you say the Jaguars job? You get to you know, be in Jacksonville. You don't have to be in you know, or Jerry, I wouldn't call it. Yeah, he, he just tweeted number one overall pick, eleven total picks, a hundred million in cap space. So that is a that is certainly an attractive. I mean, uh, it's a great job unless the yeah. owner moves you to London. Then it sucks because that's always the rumor that uh, Shaka Khan is going to move the team to London, and that would be awful. But I would, I would, you know, that I'd say that's. Uh, I'm going to look at the the list again. I would say that's the best opening: Falcons, Texans, Lions, Jets. Jaguars. You get Trevor Lawrence. You get 100 million in cap space. Lots of draft picks, and no, not nearly the pressure you're going to be under in uh, in New York. They um, look cooler too. Like I can picture the Jaguars being a flashy, cool team. I can't picture the Jets being like that, Jerry. No, I know, and they blew it, man. They could have used Trevor Lawrence. You got your way, kept him out of the division. So, all right, I'm with you. And you know what? There's a game like all day and night this weekend. <laughs> Games start at one, they go to midnight. There's just one game after another. I don't know if this is uh, going to be the playoff format going forward. Now that we have next year, there's going to be 17 games. Makes no sense at all. But uh, Everything was fine with the NFL. Why did they start adding shit? It was, it was so good. It was so entertaining. But I'm with you. It's going to, I mean, there's going to be a great postseason. Even though your New England Patriots aren't there for the first time in like 100 years, Turtle Boy, it's going to be fun. But anyway, you can follow Turtle Boy on Twitter and you can read his blog at TB Daily News. He had some great stuff 
over the break. Did you tweet about going to church and 13 people? And uh, No, I have not. This is my first time talking about it, actually. <laughs> I popped my church cherry on it. Did you feel like you were in danger in that church? And oh, oh yeah, we all were like, we could die. Well, that's why you're in church because you think you're going to die. So, I mean, I got people, I got friends, and I got family who've gotten the virus. Nobody's died. Nobody's been hospitalized. Nobody's been on a ventilator. I mean, I hit up the confessional booth, Jerry. I told them about the time I didn't wear a mask one time. Oh, good. You I should do that. I have a mask that's kind of getting loose and it keeps slipping under my nose and I keep waiting for somebody yeah. to yell at me when I'm out in public and it's not covering my nose. Um, but uh, I have yet to ask to have someone yell at me. I want well, to you read a blog that read the one I did uh, over the break about uh, at plan of fitness, how I got in trouble. I did. Oh, a oh, 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 I can't believe you waited till now to bring that up. We got to, we got to wrap this up. I have a big problem with that blog. I have okay. a big problem with you. Oh, Okay. You want to hear it? I'll hear it real briefly. Go ahead. Um, a, a tank top, a, a, a sleeveless shirt at the gym. Do you really do that? Laundry day. Do you really wear tank tops at the gym? Yeah. Why not? It's hot. Do you, do you wear like a bandana on your head and carry a jersey? It's hot, Jerry. I'm not do doing it to show off the guns. I'm doing it because it's, it's hot. hot. Yeah, he's got a lot to show off there, Jerry. Do you wear, no, I'm, not, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not muscular or anything like that, but it's hot. What do you do want? Do you wear me? those gloves with no fingers? Oh, shut up. I don't even lift. I don't. I just do cardio, Jerry. I'm there to get a sweat. Give me a break. I can't believe Turtle Boy is wearing a sleeveless shirt at the gym. Um, do you carry that big jug of water around, the big gallon jug? I don't do that. I don't lift. I'm there to Turtle Boy is a big grunter. Huge grunter. Fat. Is that you a crime? You probably plant a fence when you grunt. Is that what you do? Grunt? Yeah, okay, look it. I just went there. I like how you're, not, you're ignoring the issue here with the mask. <laughs> It's a huge issue. I literally drink a gallon of my sweat every time I go to the gym. It's awful. It is. And you know what? My uh, son was at the gym in Florida. They don't make you wear a mask. They don't yell at you if you walk in without a mask. They, they don't make you make an appointment. Like, uh, And again, it's not the gym owner's fault. It's not the, I, I, I stopped going to my gym. I go to Hawaii and I, and you have to make an appointment like for each machine. Like you got to like sign up and I'm going, that's nope. too complicated. I'll nope. stay home and do pushups. And Florida, you know what? The gyms are open. You go to the gym like the old days and just work out. No problem. And they're not dying. There's no big outbreak. There's not. It's like it's like everywhere else. The gyms aren't the place people are getting infected. It's not happening at the gyms. There's no reason for them to be shut down. But, hey, it is what it is. That's that's what the petty tyrants like to do. They like to, to, to make our lives miserable. But. All right, Tur Turtle Boy, I'll let you go get your tank top on and uh, head to the gym, and uh, um, we'll be we'll be reading. We'll be following. Right. And thanks to DCU and Shea Concrete and Ally Paving. Thanks to everybody for listening. We appreciate it. Um, I appreciate everyone who subscribes, especially you must subscribe. You can rate, review as well, and please tell a friend. We appreciate everybody. Thank you so much. And uh, Thanks to Dave Cullinan. How was your break, by the way, Cullinan? Did you leave? My break was actually, you were just talking about the mask. I had to put the mask on my three-year-old for the first time, for the first time during this entire process, and she handled it like an absolute champ. So I'll give her some credit Why, there. did you go to church? Where did you bring her? Oh, we, we went to go meet Anna and Elsa of Frozen, uh, clearly, oh, characters, good. and uh, they made her wear one, and she was good with it. So, she's, but she's, I mean, she's alive, right? She hasn't yeah, died. She's alive, yeah. Healthy as can be. Thank God for that mask. That's Thanks good to hear. That's good yeah. to hear. All right. We, we did a lot today. We did a lot. And uh, uh, I don't think we missed anything. Did I miss anything? No, but actually speaking of uh, another win for Brady, by the way, he finally sold his uh, his mansion in Brooklyn. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, he took a win. bath on it, but yeah. 
He is never, ever coming home to New England. I think people have finally resigned to it. He's not coming back. He's not going to be John Elway coming back and run this franchise someday. He said it, you know, a couple weeks ago. He will never live in the Northeast again. And can you blame him? He's no dope. He's going to. Can I bring up one more thing, by the way, before we go? Because I feel like this is going to irritate you, too. You're an asshole if you're a first-time Hall of Fame voter and you leave your uh, ballot blank. You're an asshole. You know what? Simple. You know what we'll do? We'll get to that guy yeah. later in the week because our guy, Kurt Schilling, is the uh, – if, if anyone's going to get in, he's most likely. But I've seen a few people say there's going to be no Hall of Fame inductee because, you know, Kurt Schilling doesn't hate the president. That's a big mark against him. He does not hate this country. If he did, you know, all those people – that guy you mentioned who left his ballot blank, he would vote for Kurt Schilling if Kurt Schilling – Hated Donald Trump. That's a fact, but we'll go through that another day. It's uh, it's a it's a recurring theme, but soon we'll find out whether anybody got in the Hall of Fame, and hopefully our guy Kurt Schilling makes it. I'd love to see him be the only one. That would be great, but uh, we'll get to that another day. Uh, I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. Can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast.